I ate everything. <laughs> Haley cooked. Um, I was at the airport, and then my flight canceled, and Haley was cooking some vegetarian delicacies, and I I ate them all. <laughs> that was amazing. Glad you're and everybody. Uh, yeah, basil, and then I had uh, peanut butter and Nutella. <laughs> and I feel like I'm gonna vomit. <laughs> this was so epic. Yeah. So, so I've, seven, been, I've been flying be so much episode. lately. What are those the, the Biscoff cookies they give you on the on the yeah. Delta? I just, I just had some yesterday. Yeah. Oh, Dude, those are so good. I I discovered the so butter? Ryan told me that you can you buy the them in forty pack. I bought oh. I bought a just a big chunk like a big brick of them. So no, <laughs> skip skip the middleman. There's the Biscoff butter you yeah. can buy now. It's in a jar, oh and it's just like it's it's like a you're the baby bird, and the spoon is mom. <laughs> I wonder, just, I wonder what that dump it in your mouth. You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their new line of Pro Studio headphones and the A131 and A133 Large Diaphragm Studio Condenser Microphones at audixusa.com. Alan and Heath has asked us to read this. Have you noticed that all good things come in threes? XLR, AES, meat, cheese, and tortillas, Michael Lawrence, Chris Leonard, and Kyle Chernside, and now the Alan and Heath AHM Matrix family, AHM64, AHM32, and AHM-16. 96 kilohertz FPGA-powered sonic powerhouses for projects of all sizes. Who says matrices have to be boring? Not us. We've never said that. Kyle said it once, but we proved him wrong. Check them out today. Welcome back to the Signal to Noise podcast. Damn, I said welcome back again. I'm, we're just too ingrained at this point. We're gonna have to go with it. Uh, maybe pros- maybe you're just walking um, us us back. I mean, we you know, I we're here. We're yeah, welcome here. back, Chris <laughs> Leonard. Welcome back to the Signal to Noise podcast. And Kyle Turnside and Sam Boone. Welcome back. I've been here before. Welcome back. I've been I've been here a couple been times. Here a couple times. How's yeah. everybody doing this week? Craziness. That's good. Yeah. It's good. What's going on? That's cool. Things are happening. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, and, I'm, and I think in. Not yet, but in future episodes, I think Kyle might have some pretty cool stuff to share with everybody. Um, I might have an announcement. Yeah, we might have an announcement. Um, we will say that we are going to be out at the NAM show this June. What is it? The 3rd, 4th, and 5th. We're going to be out there yes. and uh, doing the uh, the loudspeaker demo for Proson Web. So come on out and see us. It, and At uh, least at least two of us. At least two of us. But you, yeah, we're we not going to say who we, might be mm-hmm. the odd person out. You'll have to show up and we, find out. So... Uh, the, We're seeing it if they meet meet the requirements on my rider first. Yeah, if you're riding up to the nearest <laughs> podcast family, so yeah, we'll get we'll get uh, what was it point six seven of us out there. All right, so uh, <laughs> so here we go. Our guest this week is my friend Tommy Lyon, and we were having a little discussion if should be Tom Lyon or Tommy Lyon. Uh, Tom is actually he's he's kind of a he's one of my uh, one of my upstate New York homies here. He grew up in Casanova, New York, which is about a half an hour drive. Uh, from where I live, he grew up on a dairy farm. Uh, after studying architectural, I'm sorry, agricultural technology at Cornell, he started working for National Audio in Baldwinsville, New York, which is still there. 
Uh, that's so a, a common way, path. Way that's a common smart. path after guys, doing <laughs> agriculture. It's yeah, yeah agriculture yeah. Is, at, yeah, at, at Cornell yeah. Yeah. At <laughs> I'll you, University. I'll, I'll tell you how that all happens in bed. His first tour to 1997 with Corn as the front of house tech, uh, before moving to Ultrasound out in out in San Francisco, uh, where he's been since 1999. Toured with the Goo Goo Dolls, um, general kind of staff engineer, fix it shop tech stuff, which is really cool. Um, Toured with Les Claypool's front. I'm not going to say this correctly. Yeah. Flying Frog, Frog Brigade. Brigade. Oh, uh, a bunch of Les Claypool stuff. Yeah. Phil Lesh and Friends, Metallica front of house systems engineer. And I think he's probably most known for uh, his work with Dave Matthews Band, uh, front of house engineer and systems engineering with Dave Matthews Band for since 2002. So quite a while. Um, he's always up to a bunch of interesting stuff. We were out at Outside Lands a couple months ago together mm-hmm. working on that. Um, Tommy, thanks for being here, man. This is fun. Oh, Yay, thank you, Tommy Lyon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, there it is. Uh, what a strong name, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> a strong family name. Yeah. Fucking Lyon. Yeah, Meyer right. named oh, yeah. a speaker after him. I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool. That's how many yeah. people can say that. You know? Yeah. When, it, when, when, that, when, they, when they first came out of the jungle, when they first came out, I had to do a <laughs> selfie with the with the logo. <laughs> I sent it to my mom. Kind of, that's kind of like when the uh, like the C- Yamaha CL5 or the M7 CL. It's like the I'm Chris Leonard's so CL. So it was like you know, the Chris <laughs> Leonard Five. So, I, I mean, first of all, Tommy, I saw I saw your show with Dave Matthews a couple months ago over the summer, and awesome mm-hmm. show, man! It sounds great, and it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's I think really meets the the very high bar that the fans set for for mm-hmm. that act in particular. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you started you started as a PA tech, and you moved to SE, and then front of house. What's that journey been like for you? Uh, pretty awesome. I mean, I can't. It's like it's like touring with one of the best acts. For that long is just a such a gift. Like uh, uh, it's there, it's something to be said when the touring group that's been around the band has basically been stable for a long, long time. There's some people who have been with the band since the beginning, and there was for for basically from 2000 till about 2014, it was almost the exact same staff: lighting, sound, video, catering. There was aren't like maybe a five percent, two percent turnover from year to year. So it's, you know, it's You're like, who's this new guy? Like someone yeah. who's that new person? And so it's Weird. like any of those new people suddenly come in, they have to learn the nuances of all the minutia of the crew, you know, so but there's a lot of inside jokes and stuff that you have to get a, become a part of. So, you know, it's a, it's also been a, like a, a great growth, obviously for me being starting from the very bottom and making it to the, to the front of house. I'm still trying to fill the shoes that I took over for. So uh, when you, when you were SD for that long, were you like sitting there? I mean, I'm sure that informed some of what you were doing now at front Mm -hmm. of house. Like you had all that context. I mean, do you change anything about how the mix was set up or you, man, I really have always hated that microphone and now I get to change it out. Like how did, how did that inform what you were doing? Well, I sort of took it organically. I like he had like, uh, we're talking about Jeff Thomas, Jeff Bagby Thomas, who was the engineer since the beginning. Oh, I've been out there with ever like ever since I toured with him, um, and he is phenomenal. Uh, just I still am trying to get as good as he he was when he <laughs> handed handed me the reins. So I didn't want to change too much initially, um, uh, and so over the course of time, I just kind of want to fine tune things, like add different symbol mics or like a positioning of microphones. But for the most part, it's been basically the same. The only major change I've done is switch from the profile up to the SXL. 
Sweet. And with that transition, obviously you, the musician's caliber that Dave Matthews has with him is pretty insane. So Mm -hmm. you can probably have a good hand at just making that better is like fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can basically push the inputs up with nothing, no compression or anything. And you're like 90% there. Like this band is so good. It's phenomenally good. Uh, Obviously they don't rehearse as much as possible. Do you uh, capture a show and use virtual playback or do they come on check? No, they, uh, uh, they have a rehearsal room set up backstage nowadays. So if they want to work on a new song, they don't have to come out on stage anymore. We found that, um, uh, it is sometimes nice to have them come out on deck and actually go through things. Like in the beginning of tours, we'll have them do a sound check or two. But after that, it almost defeats the purpose because they don't play the same way in sound check than they do in a show. So it's better a better starting point working from the end of the last show. That's an interesting conversation. Smart, yeah, I, I mean, I was just yeah, talking that's about a this. smart comment. One hundred percent. Sam and I were mm-hmm. doing a, a, a system deployment uh, last week, and one of the things we were talking about the uh, the house audio person with was he's like, you know, how do I handle this when they come out for check, and I have to, mm-hmm. I dig all these gains out and everything, and then they come out for the show, and I got to put it all back. And I was like, well, don't chase them around. It's just you know, make sure the lines work in and off you go, but just go from go from show to show to show, and that's going to be way mm-hmm. more consistent than trying to chase. Yeah you know, between the check and the show, because it's just not going to have the same vibe. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty. So, I mean, something I'm kind of curious about, cause we've had, we've had uh, my friend, Danny Ramirez on the show. He's front of house and TM for the Wood Brothers. And that's another one of those shows mm. where the archival, every show is recorded and there are mm-hmm. people taping. And, and so mm-hmm. is there like a Dave Matthews show archive that you're yep. sustaining? Yep. That's pretty cool, it, man. His name is Joel Aller. He's been with the band since I think he took it over. And we had an archivist before that, and he's now the front house, front house guy for Switchfoot, uh, uh, Ryan. Oh, cool, uh, Ryan um, Nichols. And so um, uh, Joel Lawler is the current one, and I think he jumped in in two thousand three or so, two thousand two, two thousand three. And yeah, every show, uh, multi track recorded. Uh, in uh, not only is he doing it on a actually a really nice uh, band owned API front end to Pro Tools setup. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's uh, then goes to a studio, gets duplicated, and goes to two different storage units, the like facilities, wow. uh, and all the video, uh, uh, the individual camera uh, recordings go to the same places too. So they wow. have video as well. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. So what any kinda? show and... of any tour can can be pulled, high def audio and video for uh, for a mix down. Yeah, that that's interesting. And is there someone who combines the two, mm-hmm. or is it just raw? Uh, there, the, so there's a combiner. At home. No, well, there's a <laughs> there's a couple people. Um, there there is also like a, a studio archivist uh, at at the studio in Charlottesville that uh, takes all this media category like like categorizes it, keeps records and all, stores it all. And if an individual song is needed for a particular particular date, he'll pull it from the archive. And do a quick burn to send to whoever, or if it needs to be professionally burned, then it goes to usually the band studio musician or studio engineer, uh, Rob Evans, who is also our broadcast engineer when we do broadcasts. Incredible. Mm -hmm. There is a whole back team Mm -hmm. that is working on this archival thing. It's all super cool. It's all straight, like following the model of the Grateful Dead. Like the manager for DMB is a deadhead and like wanted to model the Dave Matthews band, everything 
well, most everything like following the same sort of pattern. And they were archiving everything, building this big, like, like crazy vault of stuff that they could pull from and, and monetize eventually, you know? So I want to clarify. I imagine the end of. I want to clarify one thing for oh, people I, who may have heard that wrong. Not D and B, the speaker manufacturer. Yeah. D M B, Dave Matthews Band. So just, Dave, <laughs> yep. yeah. I imagine the end of Indiana Jones when he's pushing the arc back into yeah. the, the, the archival thing is like the top men. All the stuff yeah. Going back. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There goes the arc. Mm-hmm. What kind, what kind of input counters? I know there's a, a lot of things happen on stage. What's what? I mean, what's I what's the input look like? We're certainly into two stage racks, eighties uh, in change, I think, with a couple audience mics in there, and some. There's also a lot of bands, communication mics, and stuff that don't necessarily go to track, but are a part of the input list. So. What are you, are you using? Anything outside of uh, the SXL? Oh uh, no, no, I'm using everything on board. You know, at this point. You're not. Yeah. You're not. I've thought about latest, it, but not following the latest like, trend of having 14 racks analog. Yeah, with, I know. <laughs> with your digital console, yeah. Yeah. scene automation. You, know, you don't feel you, like adding uh, more failure mixing. points to your show, Tommy? Come on. Yeah, man. exactly. No yeah. waves. Yeah. No, <laughs> actually, no waves. No, I'm doing like a bunch of McDSP, Sonox, and uh, um, uh, was it Flux from the French yeah. one? Yeah. Um, um, Flux has got some really interesting stuff. I've been beginning to love. So. You got capacitors or. Anyway, sorry. no, that's if you come on, man. Uh, gigahertz. So, <laughs> something I asked you a while ago, I'm going to ask it again on the show because it's really interesting. Uh, I was watching some footage from Dave a couple years ago and he had a little lapel mic kind of on his, on his mm-hmm. shirt. And I posited that that was so he could kind of communicate with the rest of the band without, is that, is that, they have their own talk mic system there? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a lapel mic. All the rest of the band has push to talks or, well, except for the, uh, the Carter, the drummer has got a shotgun mic. So, in and like set breaks, song breaks, uh, Ian, the Ian Coon monitor engineer, will turn on the lapel mic and the shotgun mic so everyone can banter around. And uh, and that's a whole nother show is listening to the banter that happens between the band because is, is that sometimes archived? they don't give a crap. It's hilarious, <laughs> it, it, like especially back back in the day when I when I when I was still on stage. That was the, one of the most fun things to listen to was uh, the original sax player, Leroy, uh, Leroy Moore, was hilarious. He, was, he wasn't up there to play. He was up there to make sh- everyone bust out laughing on stage. Nice. And, song. <laughs> uh, and, and, then, and then when he would play, it would just, he would rip. It would be so, so good. Like, uh, oh, man, such a massive player. So. That's when you know the music is just like this other thing, and the banter is like mm-hmm. that. That's what drives it. Mm-hmm. Like they're so good as musicians that the banter just drives their shows every yeah. night. You yeah, know? it keeps the keeps the feeling light and their their emotions, you know, rolling along, and uh, and it's it's really cool. And you've got a Carter cam too. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. You saw that too. Yeah, is a, that a uh, little? little yeah. keyhole camera right in between the rack toms like kind of facing them like that uh and so we can see like it's a it's a great way for me to tell because he does background vocals so i can ride the fader his background background vocal fader if he's singing but if he's kind of faking it or if he's like d- not singing his part normally i i can bring it down easy or if i i can also tell if something's wrong his facial expression will tell me what, what's going on up there does he stop chewing his gum is that how you know? Nope. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As that's much so as his dentist man. has yelled at him, he's still chewing the gum. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it tough to hand over the SE 
roll? Did you kind yes. of feel like we were hovering yeah. a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I, I still hover. I, 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 it's a very tough thing for me to let go of. I think you actually talked about this in one of these that I was listening to about the mentality of shifting your head from yeah. SE to engineer and back and forth. I'm yeah. kind of doing both all the time now. Like I, I'm, I'm now not just like thinking back about the tonality of the rig. I'm now thinking about, all right, now I know uh, it's not the rig that's making that noise. It's, it's mm -hmm. something in my mix. I need to think about, you know, so it's like, I'm definitely blended the, the two heads together and I just can't let that go. <laughs> yeah. I, I think now, now that you've, oh, go ahead, oh, Kyle, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, now that you started mixing, is there a switch or do you, do you tune the way you mix now? Like if you would go back and help your SE out, are you like, Hey, I know you're trying to get that tone, but here's how I got to mix that part because of the instrumentation or whatever. I, I think it's a, it, it's, much as the way it was with me and Bagby, it's like a just a thing of communication. It's like, like me, either me to him or him to me. Like something, something around this frequency range is bothering me. I can't tell if it's the snare drum going clonk or if it's literally we have a bump at seven hundred hertz in the rig. You know, like and so it's like a discussion like that. Um, but usually, it takes me. What I find beginning of the show, it's when I'm thinking about the system more because mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's not the way I calibrated it, I have this whole different wrench in the works, the audience to change the acoustics of the room. So like, it, like now I, I can do a general, you know, now like handle a song or two and then say to my assistant tech, okay, we're in a good spot. Go, go walk around, make sure it sounds pretty good everywhere else too. And so that's, that's when I start settling in and just mixing and, and putting the blinders on and not looking at the smart screen as much. So I, I just thought of something. So, um, we talk about the band, you know, when they come to sound check, um, and you know, they're not in it completely. And so maybe the things aren't there or whatever. Um, and then showtime, it's like, whoa, this is a completely different show. I'm curious from an engineer perspective, you ever noticed that like, Hey, when you do a virtual sound check, you're feeling one thing and you get in the show and it's something completely different but just because you're actually in the moment. There's the emotion of the show. Um, is, is there ever a, a difference there as well, maybe on thought approach and, and, and what you find yourself doing? Or, I don't know. Um, I certainly don't lean on uh, doing multi-track playback as the end-all, be-all, because there is something to be said about having a band actually running through mics and your own speakers going back into those microphones. That's right. a, definitely a really, yes. it's a, you know chaotic kind of system you're dealing with which you're not dealing with when you're just doing playback right so it's i, I you know it's you just got to know you got to you got to be aware of that when you're when you're doing that yeah well it's kind of the flip side of you know your your board mix doesn't sound like what it sounded in the room because of all the stuff coming yeah. off the stage virtual, sure. virtual yeah. playback's the same logic the other way around uh yeah. something that that you know it sounds like you have that that i really enjoy and i only have it with a, a, a very few front of house engineers like Denny, because we've done so much work together, we can talk very honestly about what we're hearing. And if I hear something funny and I know it's not my PA, I know it's in his mix. I can, I can talk to him about mm -hmm. that and he's not mm -hmm. offended. And he's like, okay, how do we fix this? And you know, the first, it's kind of, you know, my experience has been when you're a system engineer, like you have to be very, very, very careful about unsolicited mm -hmm. comments about the mix. Mm -hmm. And that's something that in general I, I don't do, but like the third time Denny said, what are you hearing? I said, it sounds great. And the third time he was like, come on, 
He's like, you gotta, you gotta give me something, man. So yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, I think Elbow. 73. Yeah. I go, all right. 73, 73 Hertz on Tom four is going to be a problem. Yeah. And it goes, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, since then we've been able to just be very open with what we're hearing and, you know, and also come, it sounds like you had, you sort of have now been on both sides of that relationship and that served you well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, def- I definitely want, I don't want my ears to be the, and like the, the, the litmus test. I want mm-hmm. it to be more of a committee of, of, of trusted ears, you know, like I want, uh, I even like I've befriended over the years, of course, since we have that whole taping community, I actually have some trusted ears with them and we'll ask mm. them after shows like, That's what, what were topic. you like? What, what was it like down there? And like, you know, and sometimes I'll suggest them in certain crappy venues. Like you don't want to set your, your, your rig up there. Why don't you come back with me mm. where, where I can be a little bit more representative. Like those, you know, there's, there's those, t- those type of places as well. Is it hard to take negative feedback from them? Oh no, I'm I'm I just I'm n- negative is as valuable as positive. I'm just looking to to learn and progress, and that's all part of of trying to to fine tune what I'm trying to do. That's cool. Yeah, I, I mean the taping thing's a really interesting one because you do see the same. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I go see Daniel at a show, those are the same guys with the same rigs and the, the little umbrellas mm-hmm. that they put on the microphone. <laughs> they put it on. Yeah. It's like this is the whole thing. It's crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll actually uh, frequently after certain shows, I'll actually uh, um, uh, like torrent the 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 tapers feeds from shows mm-hmm. before and and just sort of listen to them and see how they've gone on their end of things and see how, what they picked up. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I how, think that was something I kind of picked up from stuff I've read about uh, Dan Healy and the Dead. He was he would do that as well. I think he was downloaded BitTorrents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the cassettes, I guess. <laughs> Bring the reels. Bring the reels. <laughs> Can you talk well, a little bit about the uh, the, the uh, grocery store uh, door opener mat technology you got oh. going on there? That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is something, another technology piece that we stole from the Grateful Dead. Um, they had uh, five of these, I believe. Every every member, four, four or five? Uh, it was basically a two by two or uh, two by three, uh, like old grocery store mat that would trigger the door to open up. And it's basically a contact closure. Mm-hmm. And back when uh, everyone was on gambles, we would modify the gambles where the contact closure triggered a scene mute and the scene mute would be their vocal mic and uh, even put like a slight kind of like timing circuit and made it sure it didn't bounce. So the mute didn't like flash on and off. Uh, uh, And uh, we kept that going through Dave because Dave uh, toured with the gamble as well. Dave Matthews band. Uh, And, and actually real quick before we go too far, HC40 mm-hmm. or EX56? What were, what were you guys on? Uh, uh, the EX56. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Matter of fact, yeah. Uh, yeah. the yeah. one yeah. that yeah. we toured yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, yes. The, um, the, the gamble that toured with Dave Matthews from the beginning of Ultrasound to, uh, to about uh, 2002 or three was the first EX that Ultrasound owned and toured with the uh, Grateful Dead. It's EX number seven. Seven. Okay. Cool. Yeah. For, seven for the record, eight. there's only seventy five ex fifty sixes made. So yeah. pe- just for context yeah. for people who don't know, I, I get to fix on one <laughs> like a bunch of times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where, freaking... uh, for who, Kyle? Or like what, what company had so, it? A one Audio PD in Branson, Missouri had one, and um, 
I had an old PM2K at, at, at the club I used to work with. And if there was a cool band or PD was just being nice that week, or we had to send the 2K in for service or pull a strip or whatever, he'd bring the EX yeah. for me because he, he, my face lit up like, oh, I just love that desk, yeah. dude. It, and it kind of looked like the PM2K. It has old wood sides, mm-hmm. you know, upside down channel mm-hmm. strips. Mm-hmm. Man, holy macaroni. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That that is a blessing to be able to mix on one of those. Yeah, man. I, I just it's that that the it's fun. They sound great. Oh man, like uh, it's t- it's tough to explain the magic of them, but there's so much. It's really well thought out, and the, the components inside are such high quality. Like that, like all it takes is is maintenance really to keep them going. They don't ever really the faders break. are yeah. like that long a throw, <laughs> and and. Yeah. It's insane. And and the voltage uh, so rails I, of the power supplies could basically weld. You could weld with them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You, you put your fingers between the strips mid-show and it's hot. Yep. Everything's hot. Yep. And yep. So the next incantation of that, we'll get off the old gamble stuff here in a second, but um, Dark Store... Dark Star Orchestra used to tour with the digital ones. Mm-hmm. Like they were the first ones that I saw with the digital surface the with DCX. the outboard IO and the whatever. The, and and I was just mesmerized by those too, but I wasn't mesmerized in the same way. Yeah. And I'd love for someone to come on the show and speak about that too, because the patch bay was like the brain of the thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe Chris will touch on that too, yeah. because I'm sure he's done a little bit of research because he's a big gamble fan yeah. as well. There's only 10 of those made. Yeah. 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 No, I, well, <laughs> there's, well, there, there's actually a whole, there's actually a whole Gamble consoles user group that Kurt Hare has started recently on Facebook and it's been yep. beautiful to watch. Jim Gamble's actually in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there's anyway, yeah. We, Derek and myself from ultrasound are on it too. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see. All, I, I'm on it. So I talked to, I, I just lurk. I talked to, <laughs> talk to Dirk Schubert often, uh, and he helped build, all the original, mm-hmm. um, um, like the HCs and SCs, SCs yeah. uh, all the blue consoles, and then Ugh. yeah, and then some, maybe one or two of the first EX fifty sixes as well yeah. before it went. A lot, to a lot of his circuitry, his circuit design is his in those. Things. Yeah, Dirk, Dirk's amazing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, tangents. how's that for tangent? <laughs> there we go. Con- contact closures. We're gonna anyway. have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from from contact closures to gamble done. Podcast <laughs> that was your over. fault. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mike we, we should go. We should go back to the Cornell agriculture oh. thing first off. Yeah, before we miss it, because one Cornell is a great school. Holy cow, dude! Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're going there to play video games and drink beer. <laughs> you're at Cornell. Like, you it took something to get there. So, explain that and how that got into where you were at ultrasound and and got to sound from there. Well. Uh, like being on a dairy farm, I always wanted to kind of have something like that. I didn't want to be a farmer because it, like being a dairy farmer, especially in upstate New York is really, really hard. It's like we were, uh, like dad didn't, by the time my, my brother and I were in high school, my dad couldn't really afford any hired hands anymore. <laughs> so he had us be the hired hands for free. And, uh, that's, that's kind of the way I knew there wasn't any future unless I really wanted to get like, uh, turned into a factory farm. I didn't want to be a factory farmer. So when I got into Cornell, um, uh, I 
Like that was easy. Yeah, that was that was, that was really hard. Uh, but um, I was also I like I've always played drums. Like I was a drummer in school, and I was a member of the drama club in the in the tech, you know, in the pit band, and also did the sound for the drama clubs stuff. And so I always had kind of a theater background straight from high school. Ah. And so it's like two parts that were kind of part of me. And then when I got to Cornell, one of them started going bigger. So like I, I my freshman year at, at Cornell, uh, I discovered the concert commission and uh, worked the uh, first show of my like my freshman, my first semester freshman year, uh, Crosby and Nash. I'll never forget it. And also my mind was blown. I was like, oh, my God, I know exactly what I want to do. And uh, so um, I uh, talked to the technicians who came with the the, uh, the production company uh, and got the number for the sound company. And that was National Audio from Syracuse. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, uh, I met uh, Mary Jo Spillane, who was running the uh, the 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 sound company at the time she now has done i think she's out with with a a shinedown as their tm now and she's done a whole bunch of other stuff too so so she's pretty noteworthy in the industry so she kind of took me under her wing and uh, got me in there and i was doing summer work straight in 1992 between my my freshman and sophomore year and by the time i was a senior i was uh like leaving on thursday nights coming back on monday mornings doing gigs on the weekends and uh so technically, I was class of '95, but I actually graduated in '97 because I was—I—I I, I got an F for finished in finance. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's that's kind of how uh, that—that's—I uh, I did an agriculture technology to get the—I got the degree, but I mean that's kind of in the past now. That that the rock and roll and the and the sound and everything's taken over, gone from there. Weird, weird caveat that I spoke with the AES kids here in Webster University this last weekend. Um, when this comes out, it'll be two weekends past. But it was like the things that we had to tell kids that, especially the AES part of it, that I don't think any teacher really took the time to explain was you can't just rely on the the degree to get you your job, it, yeah. especially in audio, yeah. like uh, telling you know, telling a business student that he can't go get a business job after he gets his degree it would be almost pointless for that kid to to waste their time, right? So that was one of the things I was going to try to help spread this this time out was, hey, man, make sure you're working outside of your degree because mm-hmm. that hands-on is going to be able to apply to what you're learning mm-hmm. in school. And, and even with your basic classes like math and science and history and stuff like that, it working outside in your field getting that experience is going to help you get a job. And it's probably one of the last degrees uh, in mass communication, I guess it is now Mm -hmm. uh, that you have to work outside of the the direct schooling to get somewhere in this, this field. So it, that's 100% right. That is 100% right. I I was able to change my major when I was at school, since I started working professionally, like so early in college, I was able to like add a theater course as a like a cool and also add electronics course too, which I wish I had did more of. That would be uh, mm. so valuable right now, and for that matter, networking, which I wasn't aware that was part of audio, but it is so. <laughs> now. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A V I T. I had kids telling me that that's what they wanted their major <laughs> and that's what they wanted to do after they graduated was A V I T. 
and it I was like, well, you don't want to mix live shows. You don't want to work in the studio. You don't want to. And they're like, no way. I want to work in the networking department of AVIT. And I thought that was really cool because obviously that ties in a lot with the archival kind of thing that they're doing with video and audio now, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really, really um, smart. Yeah, absolutely. Huge. Yeah. Kids are thinking way smarter than we were when we were children, I think. But, you know, or at least me. I was chatting with, when I was talking to Bob the other day, and, you know, he said one thing that, like, kind of the new generation of system engineers are going to have to deal with that he never had to deal with was networked anything. Networked mm -hmm. audio and AVB and Dante and, and the control, you know, the control networks of having a bunch of processors on the network together. And, and that is not optional anymore. And mm -hmm. so... You know, I nope. see that, you know, a lot of the work that John Huntington's done with his book, and that is kind of like a really great on-ramp for people who are not familiar with how show net networking works to sort of understand it. But, you know, the generation that's coming up now, it's sort of like how, you know, there was a generation that had to learn digital, and now the new generation just digital consoles. And so I think it's going to be the same thing. We had to learn to network our gear together, but, mm -hmm. you know, the next generation that's coming out is uh, that's that's we're going to hit the ground running with, with networked everything. So it's just, the, the scene yeah. is changing very quickly. So you got to know how to do that now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And not only networking, but you got to think about everything around networking too. Yeah. Like why, Wi-Fi, like how am I, like I remember back in the two thousands, it was actually easy to put up an access point at front of house and be able to, to have control over the system anywhere in the venue. And then everyone's, walked in with cell phones, then they installed tons of access points into every venue and cluttered up the entire spectrum. And you can't like hardly walk like 20 feet away from front of house without yeah. losing control of the system. So. Yeah, that happens. Uh, Tommy, so you said you started as well, like as a fly tech and then front of house and then moved into everything. Can you talk a little bit about like what the transition was like for you in between all those steps and just learning everything? Well, uh, I still do all that stuff. Like, you know, I'm still flying gear. I'll be this weekend. I'm doing a, a we're doing stacks and racks for Billy strings down in Santa Barbara. So I'll be system engineer and fly and PA for that. It's, I don't know. It's just like, I, it's like, I've always been interested in learning everything I could about, about everything really. Not, not only sound, but lights as well. Like, the, like heck when, when, uh, what? Yeah, I know really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we're gonna we're gonna end now. So this is been <laughs> yeah. thank, thank you for joining us. Yeah. It's like until next time. It's like you know that technology, especially now in like live entertainment, is like fascinating. What's going on? Uh, when I was uh, able to be part of the of the Metallica uh, worldwide 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 tour starting in 2018, when they did arenas, they had video cubes that are about five foot by five foot cubes. Uh, video screens on all four outsides and and they were they were hung from a truss and motorized they'd move yep. up and down so there's this whole motion control unit from tate mm -hmm. and the video mapping would know where its xy coordinates are so the video map would actually track with the, the cube while it moved that was this that fascinated me so i i kind of picked the the tate's guy and the prg guys' brains about that a bit and and it's just like it's you know it's there's a lot of stuff to learn and it's it's always finding something out there to be interested in. And otherwise, it's, I'm gonna go back to farming. <laughs> I, it was uh, when I was out with Groban was the first time a tour I had where there was um, all the automated move um, uh, motors during a show, mm -hmm. um, and and 
yeah, there's this guy, and it's his whole job is in front of this computer screen, side stage, and just, I mean, in in theory, it's all in time code, but he's got to be there in case you know shit goes wrong. But it's like, man, this guy's job is sit here basically in front of a computer, control all those motors, to automate. Them. I mean, it was, yeah, it was definitely. It's a fascinating, fascinating mm-hmm. thing that we have data mm-hmm. running to our motors that are hanging. Yeah. In the air. <laughs> well, the you know the position data. I was talking to. Uh, I have a new friend named Randy, and he is the uh, head automation carp on on Phantom Broadway. Wait, 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 uh, Randy. cousin Randy. Cousin, not cousin Randy, different Randy. Oh. And so I'm like, <laughs> there, could, there could only the, be one. The you know this 1985 era automation that they were doing is so fascinating to me on that show. And so I'm like, can I just call you and ask you a bunch of questions about how this works? And he's like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. So, and of course, he's like, you know, buddies with John Huntington, right? Because of course he is. And mm-hmm. he used the phrase bang, bang automation, where there was no, um, there was no like feedback or position data, like on a modern rig where you know exactly where this thing is. He goes, you hit the button and it goes until it hits the limit switch. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's go and then it's, and then it's going to stop when it gets to the end. And that's, that's the reality of how that stuff works. And it just, you know, it's just, it's a really funny, uh, to, to see, you know, I think about, um, the head rigger on, uh, on our Volbeat tour was, uh, he's usually head rigger for pink. And so all of mm-hmm. these rigs that they have where they are flying her around and moving her in three dimensions yes. in the air, and there's so much positional mm-hmm. feedback happening and accelerometers and just, you know, the amount of sophistication in that is just absolutely fascinating yeah. to me, you know? Yeah. Secondary and tertiary backup yep. safeties, all yep. that stuff. Oh, crazy. What uh what what took you to ultrasound? Oh, there's another story. Uh, so um when when at the end of my tenure with National Audio, uh, we were doing a bunch of um stacks and racks for the Goo Goo dolls, and they were exploding like the they're late from 90s. up here too, by the way. This is Buffalo, yeah. 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 And uh, and their front house engineer and production manager is this guy from Rochester, Batavia, uh, named Tim Quake Mark, which is another person you guys should Quake. talk to. I'd love Quake. He's awesome. I worked with Quake on a few shows. Yeah. Uh, so he's a good buddy of mine. He took me under his wing, and uh, it was great. Just like we would, I was driving a semi with uh, stacks and racks and lights, and we'd follow the Goo Goo Dolls around and do a bunch of college shows up and down the Northeast. And um, in nine, like the be right after 98 he's like well next year i'm going to take my own system out and because we're going to be carrying and uh, it's gonna be ultrasound i'm like can you get me on board i'd love to <laughs> go to the next step and actually sleep in a bus and he said let me put a word in and so he put me in touch with derek featherstone who's the uh, uh vp here now he's the president um and uh after a little negotiation he sent me out there with a uh, on the summer in 99 as just sort of a freelance guy. And after that tour ended in the, the winter, I called up Derek and was like, if I was to move out there, would you, could you put me in as just a staff guy? Uh, he was like, yeah, why don't you come out and check out the place and see what you think. And so I flew out in February of 2000 and stayed with a, a friend from tour uh, who ironically was, he was also, the other PA tech on Google Dolls, who also was a former national audio engineer. Oh, wow. So it was kind of a, a weird little circle there. Um, and uh, stayed with him for a few days. Loved California. I was like, I'm, that's it. I'm leaving the snow. I'm coming out to Cali. <laughs> and uh, uh, flew, flew home, loaded up a little uh, uh, Dodge Dakota up with the, as much stuff as I could and drove out here in uh, three and a half days. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was your, you know, when I think about kind of my personal recipe or my personal approach on system alignment, system design and alignment, you know, this is kind of a cocktail of, 
of the usual suspects workflows and then some stuff that I've kind of, you know, innovated on top of that. Who, who was sort of your, your mentors when you were learning system engineering work? Who were you learning from? Don Pearson. Oh, okay. Don, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was probably one of Don's last, uh, like, um, students, I guess, because he had, uh, even though he had sold ultrasound to, uh, Drew Serb, uh, who owned ultrasound up until uh, a couple years ago, uh, he was still around uh, until like 2005 or six um, or four, somewhere in there. And so the first, my first years at ultrasound, I would like hang on every word that he was saying because like he, he what, knew what to do and knew how to make sound systems sing. Um, uh, apart from that, just taking uh, Jamie's courses and Bob McCarthy's courses, uh, that pretty much got me far enough along to and let alone just doing it every day for years and years and years like i, I every all, all the little questions and stuff i would fire back an email to jamie or bob or talk to don and uh, and that just kept my education going so for, for those who don't know who who was don pearson i mean people a lot of Dr. people probably don't know who bob who, yeah. I, I, I mean people know who bob mccarthy and jamie yeah. are because they're still around right but who who was yeah. for those who don't know who was don pearson Don Pearson, Dr. Don Pearson, and Howard Danchik uh, founded Ultrasound in 1990, yeah, 1977 or 8. And they started off as the sound company for Hot Tuna and then became the sound company for uh, um, Star, uh, Jefferson Starship and, with, and built the full, first 32 ultra monitors, which we still own. Number one, serial numbers one through 32 are still in our inventory. And awesome. the Grateful they Dead built found these that. preamps. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they built these preamps. <laughs> yeah. 1970. Yeah. There we go. And uh, then they got involved. Dan Healy found them and got them involved with the Grateful Dead by the 82. I think they provided all the PA for the Grateful Dead from there on out until the end. So. Awesome. And so since we're on ultrasound, you mentioned you were kind of the fix-it, catch-all, kind of you do a lot of very interesting projects. What are some of your favorite just crazy things you've gotten to come up with? Oh, well, I used to be involved with actually maintaining the, the gambles when we were using them heavily, heavily. So every every winter we would strip them all, strip every channel out, clean them. You know, doing repairs that were needed if there, if there were any, and and put them all back together, and that was my job for for quite a while. Um, I've done a lot of the cable manufacturing here until it got to where we needed so many cables. Now we just outsource that stuff to Whirlwind and TMB and and uh, Entertainment Metals and stuff like that. So, um, uh, but a lot of the original like uh, quick latch assemblies that are here in inventory, I made. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of snakes and stuff like that. that. That's the kind of stuff I was mainly doing. So That's awesome. Was there like one thing that somebody showed you or taught you that was like, holy shit, like just kind of a huge light bulb came on, like these kind of pivotal moments where you realize something or get handed some crazy tip that, that changes your whole outlook on stuff? Oh. You know, one thing that comes to mind was doing the course with Bob McCarthy and him showing me on the phase trace, like, you know, obviously in a phase trace, you see like the slope of the, and knowing where you are, what's leading, what's, what's lagging, what, you know, what's, what it is in time. He's also, he also showed that 
the reflection off the wall was appearing in the phase trace as other steeper Mm -hmm. slashes. And that just blew my mind. It's like, oh, no wonder. It's actually showing me more of what's going on than just one arrival time. It's showing me all sorts of different. So I got to be really picky about where I'm measuring speakers from and think about that. So You've got a cool little... uh kind of live average thing that you guys do at front of house with a bunch of mics is that a you're just mm-hmm. driving a you're driving a spectrum average with is that an rta that's average uh, we're, or is it we're doing co- average a transfer a coherence weighted transfer function yeah so, pick a pick three mics and change not only their heights but also their distance from from the pa in basically like a 10 or eight foot you know area so it gets sort of a and pick an area like near front of house so i can basically see it it, it uh, basically it averages out the comb filtering that one mm-hmm. mic sees by averaging in the valid information from another mic, which should have different comb filtering. And are you it, referencing it, off uh, mono sum or one side of the mix, or how does that? One side of the mix, so like usually cool. the right side. Interesting. On, like yeah. it, well, usually since front house is usually towards the right, I'll I'll make the right the reference. And it's you know but, I always have a, I usually put up a the spectrograph at on my rig during a show for, for front of house uh, to look at in addition to the SPL stuff. And you know, you'll always have some sort of little wiggly comb thing in there. Cause there's a floor mm-hmm. in the venue usually. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, yep. so I was yep. thinking about that the other day. I'm like, you could, you could do this with it. I was like, maybe I'll do Tommy's thing instead of a couple more mics. But I, then I'm like, I don't, I never get around to putting two more mics up. So I think I'm going to just have to <laughs> break down and do it one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Kyle Turnside. Michael Lawrence. <laughs> Michael, Michael <laughs> the handsome Lawrence. Kyle's, Kyle's distracted because I sent him the sheet of where the uh, Gamble 7 through 70 went after they were first made and all the Sockos. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's I love that Dave sheet. Fox. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a company on there. I'll, I'll go ahead and shout it out since you mentioned it. The Best Tech, the J- Japanese company. They have the best CAD drawings of all the consoles that they own like they make their own cad drawing and it is ridiculous like they are amazing like for all the midas consoles if i needed anything when i was at at music group i would go to the best tech site and download their stuff because it was hands down the best okay so the second thing i'm going to do some fanboy shit (laughs) i i really liked i really liked primus's first couple albums obviously you were doing less's side project of one of many of the primus side project things yeah um how was it working for them mostly like theater and club stuff right yeah mainly uh yeah and i got to do the uh uh when they reformed in 2003 i got to do the seas of cheese tour and the awesome <laughs> tour the one after uh, was that the next one whatever i did basically primus from 2003 to 2006 or so and uh I, it was like that was one crazy thing in my life like uh my freshman year college roommate like here comes podunk boy from casanova new york i basically grew up on 95x out of syracuse that was rock and roll classic rock led zeppelin nothing else and here comes my uh my roommate from long island and he was like k-rock or something down there but he brought cds of mr bungle which blew my mind and primus he had seize the cheese and i was like all of a sudden my 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 music library went ballistic i went and bought all their <laughs> albums like like i was floored by primus especially and uh 
who would have known like, you know, years later, I'd actually be running monitors for them. Like I was a huge fanboy of Tim Alexander and, and, and less. So, Oh, what a great drummer. Great. Oh, they're like, phenomenal. And really, like, like, really great guys. Uh, three piece. You know? Yeah. People don't really even think about that yeah. when they think about Primus, like Frizzle Fry and Sailing the Seas of Cheese are epic albums. Yeah. Like they're rock and roll hall of fame shit Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. And the way that less plays is so unconventional in the crossover of their their audience so you have these weird hippies that like primus and then you got these weird metal heads yeah. that like yeah. primus it's like slayer kids showing yep. up with grateful dead kids mm-hmm. probably not a good idea they did an episode about it on south park I don't know if you remember <laughs> But they've really crossed the barrier mm-hmm. of the heavier music. And now we're seeing like the Umphreys McGee and, and stuff like that do tool songs mm-hmm. and like bringing the heavier element into these like jam situations. Yeah. I hate calling them bluegrass because none of those bands are really bluegrass. Yeah. J- <laughs> um, jam grass. But jam, jam grass. grass. That, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. They're not really bluegrass. Yeah. If they're not Scruggs and what's his name, mm-hmm. they're not bluegrass. Exactly right. Yeah. How about, about Les is like a genius to be able to to surf that like I, I don't know if he consciously meant to do that or if it's just something he felt natural at the time that we're talking probably in the early 2000s when he like the primus thing had paused and like he wasn't good at, he didn't like he the 99 with a bandy pop that he kind of i think he was felt like he had a bad taste in his mouth so he was like looking for something else to do did the snowcore tour with his own like little band and, and uh, i was actually in, able to be involved with the album that they recorded when they covered uh, Pink Floyd Animals and recorded oh. it in the Great American Music oh. Hall. I, I helped them track that. So that was a lot. Of I fun. remember they did uh, Have a Cigar. Mm-hmm. They did Primus did a cover of Have a Cigar too on Pork Soda, which was like, that was a great song too. Yeah. Now, mixing monitors for them, are they as uncontrollable at monitors as, I mean, they're great musicians. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's like almost controlled chaos yeah, yeah. At that point. But, uh, i mean like, i i think it's they are so good that it's it's pretty easy like uh they're really really as long as you get well when i was doing them everyone was still on wedges uh now they're all in loud so it's a, a different matter now a matter of fact they're prepping for primus right now in the shop so the current nice. modern oh, engineers cool. here uh, so shout out to Tomoski. So. <laughs> how, yeah. how about managing all that bass though? I mean, or and the articulation of the bass and wedges and swirl. Was that ever an issue to to manage? I mean, it's just such a mm. heavy bass tone or tonality there. And I, mean, I guess a lot of stuff was more be higher register bass. So maybe it wasn't. Yeah, as- and he tended to do most of that was coming right from him where mm. I didn't really have to accentuate it or do any more compression. Like he's already pretty nicely compressed. He's got a, well, at least back then he had a 160 in his foot pedal rig um rack mount like you know screaming away compressing the crap out of him and and uh it, it's like a pretty easy bass tone to just let go gotcha. and not have to polish or anything uh, and cool. and on stage their their uh their stage level was actually back with wedges was pretty reasonable like i was the worst one because i wanted i used two q wedges just so i could have a nice big fat <laughs> q wedge near me <laughs> Yeah. Texas headphones yeah. for yeah. all the frog brigades. So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they spurred a lot of other bands too, which is really cool about Primus. And you don't think about it. Like one of my favorite bands that they used to play with all the time was Clutch, mm-hmm. and that was another one of those bands that was kind of bridging the gap between oh, we're from the woods of 
the weird Eastern mm-hmm. states and we fish, but we play heavier music. Mm-hmm. And I think it opened up a lot of minds. So I'm sure the crowds and doing a theater tour like that with, with those style of bands is just like, it's a fun time, yeah. man. That's gotta be fun. Yeah. I'd love to see, I haven't seen the current tour where they're covering an entire, uh, side or no, are they two of the entire album of, uh, uh, farewell to Kings rush. That's what they're doing. Oh, yeah, so I haven't, I haven't, haven't be been amazing. able to see it, but I've heard it's really, really cool. So. We never get into that, guys. So chill out. I like talking about the music that we have to make. I didn't say anything. You're good, crazy, buddy. Away. Knock yourself out. I'm getting my fanboy stuff in. I, I lo- <laughs> Les Claypool, if anyone didn't know, originally tried out for Metallica mm-hmm. as well after Cliff Burton passed. Yeah, and he was almost probably too good. I for didn't know that at that point. Yeah, so. Less musical background is like incredible, and I think he's basically self taught, right? Like, yeah, he's I, a, I think so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredible, yeah. It's it's he's got a very creative mind, uh, not only playing bass, but he's also a phenomenal, like, character, character, caricature artist. Mm-hmm. Like, he makes his own set list and draws like a little uh p- cartoon thing of something that's happened in the day i have one uh, yeah that some of them can be hilarious like some shenanigans that happen on the crew bus all of a sudden it's now on the set list i heard too many puppies when i was a younger gentleman and off a of frizzle fry and i was like what is this <laughs> absolute noisy mess that my parents will hate <laughs> like <laughs> primus did that to me oh. for sure yeah, another uh, piece of uh, ultrasound trivia pork soda recorded at our shop in in san san rafael california no way yep no so, way so uh derek was basically during the day he was like doing gigs and booking gigs for ultrasound and at night had the band they would make like different studio rooms made out of 650 Meyer 650 subs, like make a drum room out of that and put carpets all over it and, and then run cables to different wings of the shop. And uh, he mixed that and tracked it on, um, on the gamble. He was mixing the dead and company on until just recently when it, the uh, a truck went off the road and the gamble got smashed. Oh no. man! Yeah. Hold on, moment of silence. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. a after shame. this is done, I'll take the computer over into the gamble room and I'll show you. We have a whole. Oh, the ga- hold on, the gamble room. All right, uh. let's do it right now. Yeah. Oh, here. Oh my god. Uh. Chris, I think you're drooling a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Yeah, sorry, sorry, podcast <laughs> listeners. Oh, this it. is video only. <laughs> no. So, uh, sorry. So it's... here's the gamble room. <gasps> I saw the picture oh, of that recently. Yeah, oh my god! So I'll post a picture oh of that because I, I yes. Or so you, this is you can take a picture of gamble. Oh my and god! And what had happened Ooh. is it was sitting in its case, and the truck uh, went off road, and it, it uh, you can't really see on my on my computer very well. So it's tough oh to see, god. but it's it's got a bow in the back. Uh, yeah, so yeah th- I can see it in the middle there. Yes, exactly. Are the, are the- so it's something warped. And uh, you can also see the patch bays. If I can get it over here, the, the patch bays. Are what broken. are those multi-pin connections in the back? Oh, are those, quick latch. What are those? All right, quick latch. What, okay. What what serial number What's is that? that? Edac. This one. This one is uh, forty-eight. Holy yep. smoke! So this yep. is so that, the... that that was a Grateful Dead one. Um, no, no, that, I think this uh, was it, it on the list is Grateful Dead. Yeah. So at forty-seven and forty-eight were sold to Ultrasound, um, and they were listed as Grateful Dead. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. So, so this for the one, listeners that this can't one here, see video, oh, this one here, that's, yes. 
Okay. That's that's Jeff. Uh, that one we we call we we actually name him. So this is number oh, eight. That's this amazing. is the one that was the Grateful Dead number, the Dead. first Grateful Dead EX, and was on uh, DMB. Oh, interesting. Oh. Hold on. So from this list, at least number eight says Purdue University originally. Oh, so, so I must be off by a number. What's the first one on there? From uh, well, Electrotech had number nine. Ultrasound the number seventeen. Seventeen is the first ultrasound. Yeah. Yeah. So I must be screwing it up. There's literally fucking eight cars. That's amazing. Eight oh are they, are they <laughs> all EX56s or what? Chris is ready to no, buy a plane ticket right now. Have... You see this? Oh, my God. Some of them have uh, modded, like we have uh, in uh, returns down below the patch bag. Well, we but modded. I mean, so, but none of them are HC40s or, cool. oh, uh, well, H- or SCs. There's uh, the original HC40 from the Grateful Dead, and there's the original SC40 from the Grateful oh, Dead. Oh, my God. So and then from the, that gamble console, for those who don't know, that's the house and that's the front of house yep. and monitor console version. There's two yep. different versions of those. Yeah, and those are really, really heavily modded with extra patch bays. Oh man, yeah. yeah I was Dirk, if Dirk that, probably that put those things together. Top. I mean, uh, yeah, probably so. so uh, with, uh, I mean, why don't with, with we, us uh, too? Sorry, why Chris. Why don't we do your, your question <laughs> oh, and Sam's man. question before we? Uh, we delve oh too my God. far off the deep Actually, end we, we are uh, getting late here. Yeah, 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 we're getting the weeds. <laughs> all right, I'm going to go wow, first. Tom, I'm going to go first. That's... Tommy, <laughs> we're all going to come out and visit you. Where are you taking us to lunch? Oh, we got to do Mexican. Yeah. Uh, nothing like Mexican food yes. in California. That's uh, in, in the... Especially where, where uh, the new shop where we're at right now is in Petaluma, um, directly north. Uh, so the second... My second option would be uh, Russian River Brewing Company, which is in Santa Rosa, just north of us. So There you go. All right, Sam, hit him. All right, Tommy, what do you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, I, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I knew electronics better. I wish I mm. did better fundamental, like, analog electronics courses. Like, I, it's, Same. I, 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 I hold on for dear life because I – there's some problems I want to be able to solve that I can't. I just don't mm. know the mathematics and the theory behind it. So, yeah, I hear you on that one. Yeah, hand in hand. I, I wish I knew more about just electricity in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, Chris. So, Tom, if you uh, could define your le- um, if you could define your legacy or how you'd want to be known, how would you define that? You asked that to Billy in the last uh, podcast I, I heard. I asked and him I was trying to every episode for the last year. So yeah. Oh, that, okay. <laughs> uh, and I was trying to think of a good answer for that, and I, I don't know. I think a legacy is something for other people who to analyze, analyze of my lifetime and. Well, but all right. So that's why that's why I double side the question of of just hey, you know, it's either legacy or just how would you want be want to be known? Like if you could define well, how you want people to know you or what is said about you, how would you define uh, that? I'd like to hopefully be known for the quality of work that uh, us, uh, my 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 team out with Dave Matthews, and for that matter, the team here at Ultrasound. Like I'd like to be known for that quality of work that we've we've always we've always kind of tried to keep. Don and Howard's, the original owners of Ultrasound, their mentality pushing towards the next That's generation. That's cool. Uh, like, well, I like they've always kind of set the bar high and 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 pushed the technology forward, even like almost past. There's whole stories we could go down on tangents and things, but that's why I'm tr- trying. I'm time. trying to mainly fill the shoes of their, their that they laid 
in front. You know. No, that's. that's I, cool. I love what you said earlier too about you. You learned everything along the way because it was so interesting mm-hmm. to you, from from fly tech to doing shows when you first got to national mm-hmm. all the way through to get into front of house that you wanted to learn all that stuff. And I think that's a legacy in itself is like being able to join your crew and, and do the thing mm-hmm. with them because you've taken that path. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Uh, Chris has said it many times. It's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And, um, the stuff that you pick up along the way is, invaluable like there's there's no way you can replace it so having all that knowledge and not saying no and figuring it out as you go is is knowledge as its best man yeah, it really that, is. yeah i like that you said that yeah yeah that's basically right what what's you know actually it can't be the gambles but kyle what's <laughs> what's what what's your typical question we do in the beginning of the episode that we need to do now so you've already rolled out the gambles so it's not the gambles but what's in he- what's an arm's oh, yeah, length i already have a reach, yeah. peanut butter oh. and nutella sandwich <laughs> Uh, that's half I think the gambles so should count, man. Those are, that's the cool. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Yeah, Tommy, thank you, man. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. We really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to our good buddy uh, Sean Quackenbush, who probably planted the seed for this one. He did. Yeah, he did. We were. Uh, yeah. we hey, were Sean. This yeah. week, actually. So. And, so. and if Quake is listening, oh, get a hold yeah. of us. We'll get you on. Yeah, we should do that. 